Welcome back to Adorn Podcast. We are on episode 22. We're in the middle of our study on spiritual disciplines, and today we're excited to be talking about simplicity. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. So, I don't know about you, Casey, but before we started researching spiritual disciplines, did you think of simplicity being a spiritual discipline? No, not at all. I was surprised when I opened the Celebration of Discipline and I saw simplicity. Mm -hmm. My eyes immediately went there and I was like, what? Like, I want to dig into that more. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I was was surprised, but... I like it. So Casey has been doing a ton of studying and researching about simplicity. So she's going to kind of lead the conversation as we talk about this. Um, So do you want to kind of give us a background into why you're interested in this? Yeah. So I would say it started probably three or four years ago. I remember specifically we were on vacation in Colorado and it had just gotten to where we felt, Jonathan and I felt like our lives were kind of out of control, Mm -hmm. like um, with stuff, Mm -hmm. both materialistic and just our schedules were um, just completely full with things. I was a yes Mm -hmm. person. I said yes to everybody for everything. We had um, lots of like individual little products products well making products products, but (laughs) projects going on and we just it just literally felt like things were spinning out of control Mm -hmm. and so we were like we have got to get control over our life so the next week at camp we were at family camp the next week at camp we completely unplugged we're like this is wonderful um we kind of made a plan Mm -hmm. on how we were going to simplify things when we got home and so um got home got rid of a bunch of toys started saying no to things I took a little bit of a social media break and things seemed better Mm -hmm. um But then slowly, you know, things get busy again and we get more toys again and I get back on social media, which social media is not a bad thing. And I've I've learned since then that that's not there's more to simplicity Mm -hmm. than getting off of social media. Mm -hmm. And um, so I feel like ever since that time, it's just been this kind of cycle where we'll purge and get our lives what we consider simple and then a few months later, it won't be simple anymore. Mm -hmm. And so when I saw in the celebration of discipline that this was actually a spiritual discipline, I was like, okay, I want to dig in to figure out how to make this more than just a few week or a few month thing. Mm -hmm. I want this to be a permanent um, discipline in our life and how to really get to the root of making that happen. So that's kind of what drew me to wanting to study this. Yeah, I love that. And I can totally relate the the cycle of purge. Okay, yes. now it builds and it builds and we do it again. And then yes, that's awesome. So before we talk anymore, let's kind of give a definition for what simplicity as a spiritual discipline looks like. Okay. So first of all, um, before we kind of get into all this, this is, I'm coming at this completely from a place of humility and a place of, I need to learn to do this better. Um, this is not something that I feel like we as a family are perfect at, and we never will reach perfection. That's, you know, we're striving for that sanctification. But, um, so I'm learning along with all of you, like, like we usually are. Mm -hmm. Um, but in, 
Let's see. In Adele Calhoun's book, Spiritual Disciplines Handbook, she defines it like this. She says, simplicity cultivates the great art of letting go. Simplicity aims at loosening inordinate um, inordinate attachment to owning and having. Simplicity brings freedom and with it generosity. And so I liked that definition. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a pretty good definition. But I did a little poll on Facebook the other day and I asked people what they thought it meant to live simply. Mm -hmm. And I was very pleasantly surprised with the responses Mm -hmm. I got. First of all, that people responded at all. I didn't know, you know, how many people would respond. But then the responses were right along the lines of what I've been studying. And so I'm like, go friends. (laughs) I have some amazing friends in my life. And so I wanted to use a few of those definitions. And if I'm not using your definition, don't be offended. They were Mm -hmm. all really good. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to read them all, but that would take up the whole podcast. So Here was a few of my favorite um, definitions that my friends gave. One was to live in a way that you are available to go, do, pursue when God gives the green light. I liked Mm -hmm. that one. Mm -hmm. Um, Another was to have what you need and to not be after the newest gadget, clothes, or what your neighbor has that you don't have. And then the last one that I was going to read is to get rid of all the clutter in your life in order to live a more purposeful life that brings you to peace. You are free to define clutter however you would like. Devices, clothes, negative relationships, etc. So those were some good definitions, I feel like, that um, are very much along the same lines of what the spiritual discipline of simplicity actually is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. I think that's, I hadn't, I don't think I answered on that poll, did I? No. No. Yeah, I was like, I want to know what other people yeah. say first. Yeah, <laughs> but I think that's probably what I would I would think too is to have less. Yeah, so that you can do more. Mm-hmm. That was so good. I just came up yes, with that. Yes, so good, so good. <laughs> <laughs> Way to think on the spot. You know, it was interesting because so many of these responses were like people were able and my sister-in-law actually and she won't mind me calling her out on here she commented and she was like I have no idea Mm -hmm. I can verbalize it for someone else's life but for my life you know it's it's hard so she was like so I can't wait to hear what y'all say yeah and I think that that's the hard thing for me I've had a hard time kind of putting into words what it means Mm -hmm. and so it was really neat to see other people's definitions and to say yeah yeah that's it I like that you know and just to see how people think of it from different from different ways mm-hmm. and how, like you were talking about last night, we were talking a little bit how countercultural it is. Yeah. Like it goes against the grain mm-hmm. of what we are immersed in every day. But to know that people actually have a definition of simplicity in their mind, that was refreshing. Yes. And that made me really excited to talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So where do we see this in the Bible? So it is all over the Bible. Um, and, Erin loves random facts. And so I was so excited to share this with her. Um, But 15% of what Christ said was about money and possessions. And so many times in church, especially in the South, and Erin and I have talked about this a lot just in our friendship um, because she says in California, it wasn't as taboo to talk about like your income or even like what you give to the church and just money in general. It wasn't Mm -hmm. a really taboo conversation, but here in the South it is like your money and your income is private and what you give is private and you're not supposed to tell anybody. And 
And so I feel like that kind of carries over to the pulpit and the Mm -hmm. preachers don't talk about it a whole lot. We don't talk about it a whole lot in church because it's just a very private thing. But Jesus, 15% of what came out of his mouth was about money and possessions. And that's actually more than he talked about heaven and hell combined. That's crazy. And it's, isn't that crazy? Mm -hmm. And it's because he knew that where our treasure was, there our heart would also be. Mm -hmm. And so he knew that was so important because we've, like we've talked about pretty much every single episode, our heart is the most important thing to God. Mm -hmm. So that's why he talked about our possessions so much because he knew that, um, our heart would follow. Um, so just to give some examples of where it is in the Bible, Matthew 6, 19 through 21 says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. Um, in Mark ten twenty one, it says, and Jesus looking at him, loved him and said to him, you lack one thing. Go sell all that you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Luke sixteen thirteen says, no servant can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And then um, I like this one, and we've talked about this verse before on the show, but this is Paul when he was in prison, and he says, Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I've learned in whatever situation I am in to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And I like that because um, simplicity has a lot to do with contentment. Mm -hmm. And I just, when I think of contentment, I always go back to Paul in prison and how he was just content with where he was. And he knew that... um, through the strength of Christ, he could get through any situation he was put in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. I like that fact about it. I mean, I like all fun facts, but <laughs> I think that's a really good point is that if Jesus talked about it, then we should probably talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah. And if Jesus talked about it, then it means it's important right. for us. And somewhere I was reading in one of the books that I've been um, reading through, it says, you know, Jesus talked about it a lot in a day and age where they didn't have a lot of possessions. Mm, that's like true. He was with people that that didn't have a lot of things. Right. And so if he talked about it that much around people that didn't have a lot, think about how important it is in our mm-hmm. society where we do have a lot of mm-hmm. things. And so I thought that was a neat perspective yeah. too. Yeah. Like it's probably even more important because we do have things. Yeah. So we need to be worried about it. Yeah. More. Yep. That's a good point. So what would you say is the goal of this spiritual discipline of simplicity? So once again, I like how Adele Calhoun said it. She says, it's to uncomplicate and untangle your life so you can focus on what really matters. Mm -hmm. So you say, well, what is it that really matters? Um, I'm actually going to read quite a bit. I'm going to read in Matthew 6, 25 through 33. So just bear with me because it's kind of long. But it says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. It is, um, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? 
and why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And so the first goal of simplicity is to seek the kingdom of, kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Um. And once again, that leads to another question. What's the kingdom of God? And I think that this can be kind of complicated. Mm -hmm. Um, Jonathan and I have kind of talked about it a lot. But I think the more I studied it and just the more I pray about it and kind of seek what that really means. And I think it kind of comes down to our other spiritual disciplines that we've talked about in um, seeking the kingdom of God through prayer and through that silence and solitude and just spending time with him. We we haven't talked about meditation, but that's another way. Just spending time with him and truly seeking after his will Mm -hmm. and um, seeking for our hearts to align with his. Um, So simplicity, it's not about legalism. It's both an inward reality and an outward reality. So you think about it in like... If you don't have the inward simplicity, if you're just giving things away and you're just trying to declutter your life, that's just legalism. Mm -hmm. That's just checking off a list and that's not true simplicity. But if you have the true inward simplicity, if you're just first and foremost seeking the kingdom of God, then you can't help but have that outward fruit show. Mm -hmm. And so um, I really like the way John Piper and... I, he talks about it in several different places. There's a couple of different articles online that he talked about it in on Desiring God. And then actually in his book, Desiring God, in the um, chapter on money, he talks about it. And he calls it wartime simplicity. And he calls it that because essentially we're at war with the enemy trying to advance the gospel. Mm-hmm. So he uses the example of um, how during war... Like, and this is hard for us to kind of fathom because um, I feel like in our generation, like we haven't felt the effects of war, like the physical effects. We might have a loved one or a friend that has, you know, been in war, but at home we haven't had Mm -hmm. to face the, the, um, like having to give things away because Mm -hmm. of it necessarily. But I still like this example. It says, um, during war, you might forego getting new tires because they need Mm -hmm. rubber for the war. So that would be living very simply. Like Mm -hmm. you are having to live with old tires because of the war. But then you turn around and the country might be having to spend 50 billion, I mean, $50 million on an B-52 bomber to deliver the knockout blow to the enemy that ends the war. Mm -hmm. So you might have to spend some money 
to be able to fight. Like it's not, so it's not always about going without. Mm -hmm. And so um, I like this quote from him. He says, so the aim is always the great eternal good in advance of the kingdom and people's hearts and lives. A wartime lifestyle does not romanticize about simple living as if the world and its lost condition benefited from my growing vegetables in the backyard or my having Mm -hmm. only two pairs of jeans I wear every other day. That does no good for the world at all, necessarily. A wartime lifestyle may spend a great deal of money to accomplish some great good for the world, and in the process, that expense may look like something Jesus never did. In fact, he didn't. But that difference, I think, is incidental if the deeper commitments are the same. God and heaven and people over self and this world and material possessions. Mm. So like that, because it Mm -hmm. says, I mean... You can get rid of all your clothes and you can go grow vegetables in your backyard, but mm-hmm. that's not doing anybody any good. Right. The whole point of simplicity is seeking God's kingdom first and then advancing the gospel, mm-hmm. like using that to make room to advance the gospel. And sometimes that actually means spending some money. Mm-hmm. But if it's to advance the gospel and to get, you know, let people know about Jesus, then then that's OK. Yeah. Yeah. So like the heart and what he said at the end of that, I think, is a really good point is that it's God's kingdom and his people before self. Mm-hmm. So like you're saying, if Absolutely. it's if you're growing a garden for yourself then you're putting you're still putting yourself at the top. Mm-hmm. Yep. But if you're growing a garden to then supply that for the church or whatever it is, mm-hmm. then that's that simplicity is Absolutely. putting others before self. Yes. Or if you only have two pairs of blue jeans because you gave the rest of your clothes to, you know, mm-hmm. the the people down the street that need them, then yes. absolutely. Right. Um, you know, but then you turn it the other direction and if you go out and buy a more expensive van so you can help carry more Mm -hmm. people to church with you. Like that's okay too. It's all about, like you said, not focusing on self and focusing on others. And I've heard you say this before and I think it's a really good way to think about it is what has eternal value. Yes. So if it's something, you know, same analogy, if you're making your vegetables for yourself, that doesn't have eternal value. Like sharing and giving Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing has more eternal value. Yes, for sure. And that's something that, um, in studying the idea of simplicity that, um, John Piper actually talks about quite a bit and he has a good analogy. I think that I'll, I'll touch on a little bit later, but that's definitely, definitely important thinking about that eternal value. And Jesus touches on that all the time talking mm-hmm. about storing up treasures in heaven and not on earth. Right. And that's what he's saying. He's yeah. saying pay attention to the things that matter, mm-hmm. the real things that matter, which takes a lot of clearing away of things that don't matter mm-hmm. so that you can focus. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of cool because as we're kind of talking through this, it kind of sounds fun because there's so many different ways to practice this discipline. You know, it's there's, you know, there's many ways to practice silence and solitude, but it's kind of a little more narrow. Yeah. Whereas this, it's like you could do a vegetable garden. Mm-hmm. You could give away your jeans. You could buy a van. You could mm-hmm. like, there's so many different ways to practice this one spiritual discipline that you could be creative. And I think part of the reason it sounds fun is because, and I don't remember if it said it in the, in the original um, definition I read, but with simplicity comes so much freedom. Mm-hmm. And so I think we sense that. Mm-hmm. I think we sense the fact that, free you know that getting rid of stuff Mm -hmm. or um doing things more simply creates just so much room for freedom to do 
other things, to do good things. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that makes us excited. Isn't freedom your and word for this year too? Um, yes, yeah. that's right. How <laughs> Way <funny>. to remember. <laughs> but yes, yes. So yeah, I think that that just, we all want to be free. We right. all want to feel, feel that freedom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what simplicity allows. Yeah, love it. So how has God used this discipline to reveal himself to you? So I would say, like I said, this is something that we've been working on. Um, but in the the small areas that we have been able to, to really work on, one area I think has been contentment mm-hmm. and just learning that um, we're okay with what we have mm-hmm. and not living a life because we, we, for a long time, the first probably six or seven years of our marriage, it was constantly what's next, what's next, what's mm-hmm. next in terms of are we going to, you know, buy a new house or get a new car or what's the next vacation or, you know, and just kind of stepping back and learning to be content and just trust mm-hmm. that God has us where he wants us. And so that has really just drawn us closer to him because we have to just trust yeah. and just rely on him and find, um, find God as our true source of joy, not what we're doing next, Mm -hmm. not the next thing we're going to buy, not, you know, the next season, but the here and the now and where God has us Mm. and finding our joy in him. Also, I think just um, removing the clutter and someone actually said on my definitions, they talked about simple, like in your head. Mm -hmm. Um, And, I I like that a lot because the more we declutter like emotionally, and Mm -hmm. this goes back to like me going to counseling and dealing with things. I feel like she's helped me declutter a lot in my head. And so, and this is what Morgan and I talked about a lot too. Like I can focus on God Mm -hmm. so much more and on the gospel Mm -hmm. and on what he's done for me and on sharing his word with other people and focusing on his word when I'm studying it, when that clutter is gone from my head. And so just like that clearing my mind and um yeah so so those have been ways that I've definitely drawn closer to God and that God's really worked in my life with simplicity I would say another thing also would be just in our family we try really hard to not sweat the small stuff Mm -hmm. and this goes back to the Mary and Martha thing and how like sometimes I think people think I'm being like complacent or like I don't want to say lazy, but like, I think sometimes people are like, you should worry about that more. Like you should, you should think about that more. Like your floor's dirty. Like, why aren't you worried about (sighs) it? Or, you know, but we really we're we've tried really hard to, um, just not worry about the little things Mm -hmm. and, and focus on the big things. And that has made a a world of difference. Yeah. Yeah. I was just talking yesterday with, um, the girl that I mentor and she was telling me she just went on a missions trip and she was telling me that her goal was to kind of just slow down to Mm -hmm. hear the Holy spirit. And I think that's exactly what you're talking about with the decluttering your mind is that if we're so busy, so thinking about the next thing, so caught up in the small things that a lot of times we can't slow down enough to hear the prompting of the Holy Mm -hmm. spirit to 
go share with someone or pray for someone or whatever that looks like. But if we're so busy and so cluttered and thinking about so many small things that don't matter, we're missing things. We're missing moments that the Lord is trying to use us, but we're like too busy right now. Sorry, God, I got to clean the floor Mm -hmm. whatever, you know, whatever it is. And you know, it's been interesting because this summer I've read several books and it just kind of, it's just a crazy God thing how it all happened. But all of the books are kind of along the same, the same theme. And a lot of it does come back to simplicity. And I was actually thinking yesterday, I feel like the Lord has just like transformed my heart in just crazy ways this summer. And I'm like, Lord, like why this summer? Mm. But I think a lot of it boils down to that. Like the fact that I have finally cleared my head Mm -hmm. of so much junk that he can finally, I can hear his voice. Like he's probably been talking for years, (laughs) but I wouldn't shut up just like Missy was talking about. Like Missy's like, hello, if you would just be quiet. And I think that's what God's saying. Like I've been saying this, Mm -hmm. but you won't hush your mouth. and you know or your head or whatever and finally this summer I've just taken so much time to just clear my head and to focus on the big things Mm -hmm. the big picture of things and God's doing big things and it's so exciting but I think a huge part of that is just you know slowing down and just living a more simple life yeah yeah and I think about like how this is true even for kids. Like I've noticed we went through and like purged a whole bunch of toys. And anytime we do that, they actually play with what they have. Yes. Otherwise, when there's all these so many things in there, they don't play with it because mm-hmm. it's too overwhelming. There's too many little pieces. There's too many things. But when we break down and now they have like four things they're allowed to play with, like dolls, Legos, dress up clothes, and a kitchen set. And that's it. exactly like our house. Yeah. yeah. And they actually play in their playroom yeah. for like hours at a time mm-hmm. now because – they have their few simple things. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it it affects us spiritually, but even just like practically, yeah. I think we see that truth come through. For sure. And I think that's one of the reasons we love to go to Colorado so much mm-hmm. because we go, I mean, we have the week at family camp, which of course we're in just like a little room with just our family. But then even at my grandparents' house, we're in a trailer, like a travel trailer for mm-hmm. the whole week. And the kids have a um, little kitchen set. I mean, not even like the kitchen, like just dishes that my grandmother got at a garage sale and they play with that and rocks all week Mm -hmm. long. Mm -hmm. And we are in this little travel trailer and it's just, you couldn't get any more simple. Right? Like it is simple, simple, simple. And we just, it gets to where throughout the year, like I crave that. I'm like, I even told Jonathan yesterday, I was like, okay, so if we leave right now, we could be to Colorado by this time (laughs) tomorrow. I'll just tell Aaron that we'll have to do the podcast later. Like I crave that simplicity. And so there's something to it. Mm -hmm. There's just something about, um, just how you can connect with God differently when things are simple. Yeah. I love it. So why would you say this um, spiritual discipline specifically is important for you personally? Okay, so I I know I've talked about this a lot, but I feel like this is something that resonates with so many of us. And um, I think even if you're not typically an anxious person, you still have some degree of anxiety that arises with certain things in your life, um, just as human nature. And he actually talks about how the inward reality of simplicity leads to freedom from anxiety specifically. And that goes back to the verses in Matthew 6 that I read where um, Jesus is talking about not being anxious about um, your clothes and your food and these things because 
he he will provide them. And so when you think about this inward simplicity, um, Foster talks about kind of three different ways to get to that inward simplicity. And he says the first way is realizing that everything we have is a gift from God. Mm-hmm. Like without him, we, we would have nothing. Mm-hmm. Anything that we have is not ours. And so, um, realizing that and rejoicing in that, mm-hmm. but knowing that the good things that we have is not of our own doing, which, yeah. which is, is talked about over and over in the Bible, that it's not us. It's mm-hmm. not us. And then because of that, the second thing is we should trust God with everything. So it's not on us. It's not on us to make sure things run smoothly. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing I think about the most with this is my kids. Mm-hmm. Like if we truly trust our kids to God, like we don't need to worry about it. Should we take care of them? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But it's not our job to worry about their complete yeah. well-being. Like yeah. we need to turn them over to the Lord and we could do that with anything in our life. It's hard. It's really hard. It's really, really hard. But when you fully do that, once mm-hmm. again, there's so much freedom and yeah. so much anxiety comes from, and I talked about it on the episode, I talked about my anxiety. So much comes from that control. Mm-hmm. You want control. Mm-hmm. And there's something in us that knows that we're not good enough. Like yeah. we won't be able to do it in the right way. And so that makes us panic. Mm-hmm. So when you turn over that control to the one who knows all and the one who has our best interest in, mm-hmm. in, in mind and he's sovereign and just in all the attributes of God, when you turn it over to him, you don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. And then the third, um, way to get to that inward reality of simplicity is to be willing to give it away, um, to hold things loosely. Mm -hmm. The things that we do have to know that they are good gifts from the Lord and ultimately they're his. And if he asks us to give it away, then we need to be willing to do that. Mm -hmm. And, and that, um, that's hard Mm -hmm. depending on what it is, but that also, leads to freedom. Mm -hmm. And so I just really, I like these steps. When I read these, I was like, okay, like these are just very practical ways to think about it and to get to that inward reality of simplicity because it's hard. Um, Like you think about the things you have and you're like, well, do I need to give, do like, what do I do? Do I get rid of these things? Mm -hmm. Like, what do I do with these things? But to have like these attitudes about what you do have, Mm -hmm. that just kind of gets you to that that spot. If that makes any sense. To a place where you hold it open-handedly. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that's a really good way to describe it. Cause it it is one of those spiritual disciplines. That's like, okay, I think I understand it, Mm -hmm. but I don't fully grasp what it looks like in my own life right now. So that, that's a really, really practical help. Um, Why, why do you think, uh, it's important for women specifically because we're like, give us all the things mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. We, especially as a society, like we like our stuff Yeah, and, um, not that stuff in and of itself is bad. It's not, but it's just that clutter mm-hmm. that can come with it. And I think there's not a, um, 
hard and fast line necessarily. It, I think it's different for everybody and what people can handle and what people can't. But um, I think that a lot of times we think that having more things will fulfill us mm-hmm. in a way that it's not going to. Mm-hmm. We're looking for this fulfillment that's only going to come from Jesus. Um, I heard someone on a podcast yesterday say, and she's actually, it's Jessica Honiger, and she's become one of my favorite people over the last few few weeks. But she said that, you know, she strived for so long to be thin. She wanted to be thin. She wanted to be thin. And she finally realized she didn't want to be thin. She wanted to be loved. Mm. And I think that that's where so many of us are with our things. It's mm-hmm. like we think we want these things but really, we just want to be loved. And who's mm-hmm. going to love us more than Jesus? I mean, yeah. nobody has loved us more than God mm-hmm. and Jesus. You know, like that's that's the ultimate. And so that's really what we're seeking. And then you get into the whole comparing thing. Um, and that's not good. Yeah. You know, one of the Ten Commandments is do not covet. Mm-hmm. Like it's just not a good thing um, to be so wrapped up in material possessions. Um And Jessica, so she has a book coming out this next week um, called Imperfect Courage. And I was on the launch team. And so this is not a part of the launch team um, things we're supposed to do. (laughs) But here you go. Um, It is really, really good. But she talks a lot about what she calls living in the and. And so she gives an example. And I talked to Erin about this last night. But she gives an example of... She has had times when she's like eating a nice steak dinner with her husband for their anniversary. And then she gets a phone call from a friend in Uganda saying they're having a horrible political crisis. Can you please pray? And she's like, of course, we'll stop and pray right now. And you could feel guilty for eating that steak dinner when Mm -hmm. these other people are suffering across the country or across, you know, the world. Mm -hmm. But she she said, you know, it's important to be able to live in that. And it doesn't always have to be either or you can Mm -hmm. have a nice steak dinner and you can care about the people in Uganda and Mm -hmm. pray for them. Mm -hmm. And um, you can still do like she does tons and tons of practical stuff to help out those people, because it's important to remember that our good gifts that we have, they do come from God. And Mm -hmm. he I mean, there are tons of places in the Bible that talks about like savoring those things and appreciating those good gifts and enjoying those good gifts. And, um, and let's see in first Timothy six, 17 through 19, it says, and for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. So mm. it's okay. Like I don't know if I've ever read that. I don't know that I had either. I think it was a Piper. I think he referred to it somewhere. It's okay to enjoy. Mm -hmm. Like we're supposed to enjoy. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a balance. And that's that living in the and. Like it's okay to have a nice house and to adopt 10 kids. Like Mm -hmm. it's okay to do these things. Um, It's okay not to adopt kids. I mean, it's different for everybody. Um, I have a little, another little side hustle that I do. And our president of that company often says if you're be- if you're blessed be a blessing mm-hmm. and in desiring god um in the money chapter john piper that's essentially his at the very end like that's the summary of the chapter mm-hmm. is these gifts that the lord gives you it is for the purpose of blessing other people mm-hmm. you are to use the gifts that you've been given to show god's love to the world mm-hmm. 
I think that's a really good point because sometimes when hearing this, your knee-jerk reaction might be, get rid of all my things, right. move to right. a foreign country, mm-hmm. do whatever it is that might be, you know, and maybe the Lord is leading you there, mm-hmm. but maybe slow down a little bit mm-hmm. and pray about that and do some silence and solitude because maybe all it is is clearing your schedule. It right. might, you know, it might, it's going to look different, which you, mm-hmm. you're making a really good, um, that you're explaining that really well. But I think it's it, it's really good to note that you don't need to feel guilty over what God has given you. You do need to lay it before him yes. and ask him what he wants you to do with mm-hmm. it and then obey that and then walk in the freedom knowing yes. that you're doing what he wants you to do Absolutely. with it. Absolutely. Hold it loosely, but mm-hmm. if he's not telling you to give it up, then that's okay. Yeah. And about 10 years ago, there was a big movement to get rid of everything mm-hmm. and move away. and um, Poverty looking, gospel. Yes. And looking back, you know, know I think that that probably came from um a good place you Mm -hmm. know oh yeah and at the time I was young or early 20s newly married I had a new baby and I'm like wait so I'm supposed to go like live in this crime zone with a new baby and no Mm -hmm. AC and you know I mean I was so confused and um it really kind of made me push back for a long time Mm -hmm. from um like any social justice stuff, mm-hmm. helping anybody, like that sounds horrible. But it just, it was so extreme mm-hmm. that, and there was so much guilt associated with it that it just made me run the opposite direction. And this is not, this is why, I mean, I have just really poured over this a lot because I don't want this to be what this is. Like, mm-hmm. that's not what I'm saying here. That's not what we've done in our family at all. Um, I think there's that balance and I think it's different for everybody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a good point. So how would you say that um, simplicity plays into the gospel? Yeah. So I like this one and I think we've actually used this quote before, but it's just a good one. It's so so good. I just read it again today. That's so funny. Tim Keller. (laughs) He's, we like him a lot. He says, we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my very favorite quotes ever, and it just sums up the gospel so well. But when we remember this um, and what Jesus did for us, we certainly don't deserve anything we have. So mm-hmm. it helps us um, hold our earthly possessions loosely. It yeah. helps us remember that we are depraved people mm-hmm. and we don't deserve a thing. And mm-hmm. because of God's grace, we have these things. And so it just helps us remember that um, it's not it's not ours to begin with. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty simple. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. <laughs> So do you have any practical ways um, to just kind of encourage women that want to grow in this area? Yeah. So this goes back to what you referred to earlier about how I say to um, we need to focus on things with eternal value. Mm -hmm. And John Piper said in a few different spots that I read, he was talking about keeping in mind that you don't see you halls behind horses. Well, not typically (laughs) behind horses either. (laughs) Not behind hearses. 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 Behind hearse. a hearse. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, you don't take your stuff with you right. when you leave. Right. And um, in a book that I actually haven't talked about yet, it's called The Treasure Principle by Randy Alcorn. He talks about how um, John Rockefeller, when he, he was like one of the richest men ever mm-hmm. in the U.S. And when he died, someone asked, well, how much money did he leave? And they answered, well, 
everything. All of it. Yeah. All of it. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, you don't take any money with mm-hmm. you. And so I would say the number one practical way to grow is to to remember that. Just mm-hmm. te- to keep the eternal value in mind. Mm-hmm. I think that um, beyond, like we talked about seeking God's kingdom first, I think that when you're like practically wanting to simplify your life, just Think about what has eternal value. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't and it's cluttering your life, then it might be something you want to get rid of or, Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, pare down a little bit. And another example that Randy Alcorn used, he said, picture all of your um, like possessions, anything you go by, picture it with wings flying away. (laughs) Because like that literally in the Bible, it says that, that, you know, that your material possessions, like they'll just be gone. Mm -hmm. Like they'll, they don't have any eternal value. They're just gone like that. Um, and so I was like, Oh, that's a good way to think of it too. Like, yeah, it made me laugh, but I was like, Oh, that's kind of a good picture to have. So I think, I think, yeah, I think practically just, um, keeping that in the forefront of your mind. I think that applies to, to scheduling things. So more than just material things, but when someone asks you to do something, okay, how would this have eternal? And it might Mm -hmm. not be a black and white issue. It might be like, okay, should I put my my kid and soccer that might not seem like it has eternal value but it will teach them how to get along with others and how to respect authority and how to submit to authority and that kind of thing so like okay that one might have it but is it at the cost of family time so it's kind of a weighing out Mm -hmm. there's no like black and white but it's a good question to kind of think through when buying things or getting rid of things or scheduling things Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. for sure um so if someone is struggling with this spiritual discipline of simplicity, what encouragement or advice would you give them? I think the first thing would be come to God with it. Mm -hmm. Like I said, sit in some prayer, some silence and solitude meditation, and just tell him, say, Lord, I'm struggling with this. And open your Bible um, to these verses that we've referenced. There's like I said, there's a whole lot more mm-hmm. in there about just living simply and not focusing on your possessions. And like Aaron alluded to a minute ago, you know, it also has to do with like scheduling and busyness and mm-hmm. um, all of these things. So just bring it all to the Lord and he will be faithful to mm-hmm. answer those prayers. Um, also talking to a spouse or close friend or a pastor um, and just talking it through with them. Maybe mm-hmm. if it's something in your family that, you know, you're struggling with like at home, whether you feel like your kids have too many toys or you, you have too many clothes. I mean, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, if you feel like you should be giving money to a certain ministry, talk to your spouse, Mm -hmm. like just be honest. And also, I mean, Jonathan and I have had some hard conversations lately about some different things. And every time before I know we're going to be talking, I just really bring it to the Lord. And I've Mm -hmm. started prayer journaling because our friend Katie suggested it. And it has just, it's been huge for me actually writing these Mm -hmm. things down. And so I have just spent some real time in prayer before having these conversations with Jonathan and it has just been amazing to see the fruit of Mm -hmm. that and how the Lord has blessed those conversations because they're hard Um, sometimes conversations that are going to affect your whole family can be hard Mm -hmm. and you want to make sure that you're coming at it from a right um, 
heart Mm -hmm. and not just all like you need to get rid of all your clothes or (laughs) you have too many whatever you know like you want to come at it from from a right heart and pray that the Lord would align your hearts Mm -hmm. that has been a very common prayer of mine um I would also say baby steps like don't go home and purge everything Mm -hmm. or take everything off your schedule or because you're gonna I think it's (laughs) I don't know. I just thought about this, but kind of like a diet, you know, if you do Uh this like crash diet, Uh like you're setting yourself up for failure. So I feel like if you were to go and just like get rid of everything in the Lord, unless the Lord is like really leading you to do that, Mm -hmm. I feel like you're kind of setting yourself up for failure. You're going to have this rebound Mm. where you're like, give it all back. (laughs) Like, you know, take time and pray and um, baby steps. And then also don't be legalistic and don't be hard on yourself. Like don't, don't look at other people and be like, well, they gave up this or they Mm -hmm. adopted these many kids or they went on this many mission trips or that whatever. Like don't look at other people, Mm -hmm. just look at yourself and look at your Bible and, and pray. And I mean, do what the Lord is calling you to do, not what he's calling your friend to do Mm -hmm. or your sister to do just what he's calling you to do. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. So do you have some, I know you have some because I'm looking at them. Um, what would be your, your top recommended resources for this topic? So yeah, there's a lot um, and probably even more than what I have here. But Celebration of Discipline, um, I mean, so this book we've used a lot. There was one chapter that I did not like so far. So I won't say that I agree with 100% everything he talks about in here. But the chapter on simplicity is amazing Mm -hmm. and he actually has a whole book on simplicity Mm -hmm. and I'm wanting to get it because I have a feeling it's really good Mm -hmm. um so that's by Richard Foster and then Desiring God by John Piper there's a um, chapter on money and once again it's been another book on my reading list for a while Mm -hmm. that I haven't read all of my father-in-law says that every Christian should read it and I probably would agree with that Mm -hmm. you know um, the Spiritual Discipline Handbook by Adele Calhoun, another good one. The Treasure Principle by Randy Alcorn. And then I went ahead and put in Imperfect Courage by Jessica Honiger because mm-hmm. I feel like that really um, pegs simplicity as yeah. well. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, this has been really fun. I, yeah. I've learned a lot. Thank you for sharing all that you've been studying. About. Absolutely. It's been fun to talk about. <laughs> it's fun to watch the Lord like just really move and in a way that you are already moving. You know what I mean? Like just come along together and yeah, it is so cool. Like uh, this summer has just rocked my world. Like it's been incredible. God's good. That's really good. Yes, he is. Do you have a ending verse or quote? So I have both. I'm going to read a verse out of Isaiah and then I'll end after that with a quote from the last line in um, the chapter on simplicity and celebration of discipline. Perfect. I'll read both. If you pour yourselves out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. And that's Isaiah 58.10. And then um, Richard Foster says, may God give you and me the courage, the wisdom, the strength always to hold the kingdom of God as the number one priority in our lives. To do so is to live simply. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. And most importantly, share with a friend. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cobb.